Hello friends, today we are going to be reading Psalms 24. Before we begin, let us go ahead and pray over the word that we will receive today. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the day that you've given us. We thank you for the many people you've placed in our lives. We thank you for all the blessings that you pour down into our lives and all the answered prayers. Lord, we pray for your knowledge, wisdom, and understanding as we try and grasp the word that we will receive today. Help us to be able to put it to work into our own lives and to be able to share it with whoever needs to hear it. Help us, Lord, to bear the fruits of your spirit in all that we do and allow us to be a beacon of light for your love, kindness, grace, and mercy. Holy Spirit, be breathed into us today and allow us to walk in your guidance in each and every step. Give us your discernment in all things and help us to understand the truth behind today's message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Psalm 24 is titled, Of David, a Psalm. The earth is the Lord's, and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. They will receive blessings from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior, such as the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he? The King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. So that is the end of Psalm 24. And this section right here kind of confused me a little bit. Lift up your heads, you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle? I was confused as to why he said gates and doors. So I looked it up in Enduring Word, and I will link the article in this description. But it says, Lift up your heads, O you gates. The first section of the psalm declared the greatness of God. The second section spoke of how man can come in relationship with this great God. Now the third section welcomes God unto his people by the opening of the gates. When the king of England wishes to enter the city of London through the temple bar, the gate being closed against him, the herald demands entrance. Open the gate, from within a voice is heard. Who is there? The herald answers, the king of England. The gate is at once open and the king passes amidst the joyful acclamations of his people. And this comes from Evans, that's cited in Spurgeon. And the king of glory shall come in. If we assume that King David wrote this psalm either for the arrival of the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem or in commemoration of it, 
we can also see that the singer saw in that ceremony the symbol of greater things. This coming from Morgan. Ancient rabbinical sources tell us that in the Jewish liturgy, Psalm 24 was always used in worship on the first day of the week. The first day of the week is our Sunday. So putting these facts together, we may assume that these were the words being recited by the temple priests at the very time the Lord Jesus Christ mounted a donkey and ascended the rocky approach to Jerusalem. Therefore, we can make several connections to this idea that the King of Glory shall come in. This was fulfilled when the Ark of the Covenant came to Jerusalem in 2 Samuel 6, verses 11 through 18. This was fulfilled when the ascended Jesus entered into heaven, Acts 1, verses 9 through 10, and Ephesians 1, 20. This is fulfilled when an individual heart opens to Jesus as king. And the king of glory shall come in. The idea is plain. It's assumed that when God is welcomed with open gates and doors, he is pleased to come in. The king of glory will meet with his people when approached correctly and the doors are opened unto him. The idea that the doors or gates might be opened unto God, but he would not come unto man, isn't even considered. When we draw near to him, he draws near to us. That's from James 4 verse 8. For the church is Christ's temple, and every faithful soul is a gate thereof to let him in. As in Revelation 3 verse 20. In Revelation 3 verse 20, this idea is presented as a plea from Jesus unto his people. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. Jesus promised, open the door and I will come in. Surely if there were doors and gates that needed to be lifted up before Christ could enter into heaven, much more are there doors and gates that must be opened to receive him into our hearts. We must have the king of glory within. To have him without, even though he be on the throne, will not avail. So that thought that God will not enter our lives until he is invited in is very strong here. We have to open up the doors and the gates of our hearts and our souls to allow Jesus into our hearts. He's not going to just come in and save us. We have to want him there. This goes along with the thought that we have to ask verbally for God to do the things that we need him to do. We can't just assume that he's going to do them because he knows what we're going through. Yes, he knows what we're going through, but he wants us to come to him with it. I hope that you guys enjoyed this message today, but I have run out of time. So, till next time.